0: You are listening to episode 16 of the Take the Reins podcast with Nikki Porter. Welcome, and thanks for stopping by. You're listening to Take the Reins, a weekly personal growth podcast for horse owners. If you're invested in becoming the best version of yourself in all your relationships, Both human and equine, this is the spot for you. Through our conversations, you will learn how to become a stronger communicator, leader, and deepen the connection you crave both in and out of the arena. Horses have an awful lot to teach us, yet, very little of it actually has to do with horses. They reflect back to you who you are emotionally, physically, and energetically. They are a mirror to your soul, and it is time to take an honest look at who you are and who you want to become. I can't wait to connect with you. So here we go. Hello and welcome to the Take the Reins podcast. This interview this week is actually with someone who is the very first person who reached out to me after the release of my very first episodes of the Take the Reins podcast, and I'm thrilled to have her on as a guest today. I think that you're going to find a lot of value in this episode, whether you are within the horse industry as a business or owner or Trainer, or if you're a horse owner in general, but specifically if you're a horse owner who is looking to develop a business online within their horse genius then i think this is going to be a fantastic episode for you today's interview will be with april hardiman she is the owner of the business make it rain which is a business where she's looking to help equine businesses find and gain exposure online she's also the co-host of the Rain in Your Herd podcast. So I definitely suggest checking her out online, but today's podcast is going to be a great opportunity to get to know April a little bit, get to know what she has to offer, but also to be able to be inspired that if you do have a dream to be able to create an equine business of any sort, to know that there is support out there for you to really help get things off the ground and find that exposure that you need to become as successful as you'd like to become. So without any further ado, here's my interview with
1: April Hardiman.
0: Welcome, April. Thank you for taking your time to be with me today. Welcome to Take
1: the Range podcast. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here.
0: We kind of came across each other online, and you might have even been one of the first people to reach out to me. I believe if I really think about it, uh, the first time that I heard from you, I was standing at the warm-up ring at the Futurity, and I was so excited because I had just released my first podcast episodes and got this message from you, and it came up as – and actually, Correct me if I'm wrong, it's Make It Rain right now, your business podcast, but was it a different name quite so, recently?
1: So my business is Make It Rain, but our podcast is uh, Rain In Your Herd.
0: Can you just explain to me just a little bit about who you are and explain to the audience what is Make It Rain, how is that a business, what do you do, and then what is Rain In Your Herd and what what is your focus on your podcast?
1: Yeah, so um, Make It Rain and I, it was just, a, I was trying to get a fun name to kind of represent who I work with. Um, I like to say, I like to make it rain with success for my clients. And I help uh, equine businesses or local businesses kind of gain exposure online. And usually I do that through social media, uh, SEO, email marketing, sometimes video editing. And my big passion is into like course creating and membership, creating some of the really tech savvy stuff in the background, more kind of like a COO. It's kind of like how I like to explain it. And Rain In Your Herd is a podcast that um, I, one of my friends, Laura, and I started together. Um, I kind of dive into more of the techie stuff on there. So uh, maybe like Google Analytics, Facebook ads, and then my co-host jumps on in there and talks a lot about creating stories with your content um, a lot of copy for your content and just the fun things that you can do with your content online we just saw that i mean sometimes we realize that the equine industry is sometimes a little behind on technology Mm -hmm. and and such so we wanted to create a podcast that was just very informative And just easy steps that you could take um, and not like huge overwhelming information, especially when we start talking about the techie stuff, we kind of try to keep those to shorter episodes so it's not Mm -hmm. overwhelming. Mm -hmm. But we really are passionate about um, helping the industry grow online.
0: Beautiful. And it is funny that you say the techie stuff is so overwhelming for people because, you know, personally for myself, that is my hang up. So as i've been working through the process of building my own business and really trying to establish my presence online the tech stuff has been the thing that's held me back now that being said it's been something that i have taken on over the last few months and been like everything and i got this from marie forleo everything is figure outable so mm-hmm. like if if i can't Figure it out. Then I'm going to find somebody else who can figure it out, and then mm-hmm. it'll work from there. So I love what you're doing, and I really like the play on your name. Of course, you know, has mine's a little similar, so it's mm-hmm. it was a an instant draw when I read it. And can you tell us just a little bit about yourself? So who you are, where you are, and uh, what involvement you personally have with horses as well?
1: Yeah. So currently, I am in Germany. My husband is stationed over here. And but in just like two more months uh, left here, we're going to be moving to Texas. And then shortly after that, my horse will be coming down from Washington so I can be with him. Um, I started in horses when I was really young with my mom. She I shared the passion with me or I shared the passion with her. And she got her first horse when I was five years old. And then I got my first horse when I was 14 years old um, on a Christmas Eve uh, evening I opened up a book, we happened to be in New York and I opened up a book and it was all on training horses. And I was like, what am I going to do with this? And (laughs) he's like, well, read the little note in there. And there was a note saying that you're going to need this to train your new horse um, because he was a three-year-old and it probably wasn't the best match with a three-year-old and a 13-year-old, but it actually worked out really well. And I learned tons from him. We had a trainer that helped along the way, so it wasn't too messy.
0: <laughs> awesome. That's great. Yeah. When, when helps there, it makes it mm-hmm. a little more feasible when,
1: mm-hmm. when we're
0: kind of put into those situations where we're on our own, it's a little more overwhelming. Yeah. I actually got a pony. It would have been my second pony for Christmas when I was nine years old. So I understand the sentiment there. So yeah. It was one of those things that every girl says, oh gosh, I'd love to have a pony for Christmas and Mm -hmm. it doesn't happen all that often. So it's pretty cool. Yeah,
1: Yeah, it was really neat.
0: Tell me, what prompted you to create the business that you did? What inspired you? And do you have people who are marveled at the fact that you're creating this business online that's outside of this norm that people are expecting? Like when someone says, oh, April, what do you do? And you tell them, is there a little bit of a shock there? or a surprise or envy,
1: you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So initially I started out, um, I just always loved being on the computer, doing techie stuff. And I knew I wanted to be working with horses, um, not really directly, but kind of indirectly. Mm-hmm. I had actually read a book called uh, Careers with Horses when I was in college. And um, I was like, okay, I'm going to be an accountant because I'm going to be a bookkeeper for equine businesses. So I, that's yeah. what I got my degree in. And I was like, that's what I'm going to do. Then I started reaching out to a, a lot of um, equine business owners that I found on Facebook and just emailed them kind of like blind emails. Like, do you have any suggestions or any advice on how to get into this industry? Like, I'm very passionate about this. Um, And I actually had someone uh, email me back. It was Mary Phelps with Horses Daily. It's a media company. Mm -hmm. And I um, drove down to Florida just a few weeks later. And I was just like my sophomore year in college. So it was kind of weird. I hadn't really ever driven that far on my own. And uh, I just started kind of working with her, doing a lot of what I've already been doing with computers and such and just really helping with her business and helping it grow. But then I thought, okay, now that I've graduated college, I need to go and get a big girl job. (laughs) And I kind of went into the corporate world for a little bit and did accounting, but I just hated sitting behind a desk and looking outside on beautiful days and just like dreaming that I'd be outside riding my horse and having that business that I had that flexibility to go ride when I really wanted to and just come back to the computer if I needed to. So I started a dream virtual assistant, um, which was pretty much combining everything I had done with Mary and just more and I just love learning everything about technology, and I love the changes that come with platforms. One of my favorite quotes is, the only thing constant in life is change. Mm -hmm. So I really embrace that and just always am learning, and I just love to do that. Um, And then when we came to Germany, it was really hard to get jobs out here because there's just so many spouses that want similar jobs, and um, none of them are really related to your degree. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was kind of working two like part-time jobs and I started this business and then I was crazy and started uh, going towards my MBA and I was pregnant. <laughs> oh. so I had so much going on, but I knew the two part-time jobs would kind of go away mm-hmm. because of just you know, uh, childcare availability and such. So, and I knew I wanted to start my own business and I wanted to set a good example for my daughter to see, show her that whatever you really set your mind on, if, you know, even if it's just a small dream or whatever makes you happy, you can mm-hmm. go after it. So I wanted to really go after that. And when I started my business, I thought it's going to help everybody. Like, I didn't care. Like, I'm mm-hmm. just going to help you online. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think I was going to have enough equine businesses mm-hmm. um, as clients, but it turned out that um, my first client, she reached out to me because of my blog post, And it just, ever since then, I've had all equine businesses i've had a couple that weren't uh, equine businesses but mostly they, they were referrals from friends mm-hmm. of the equine business owners so that's um, really funny because the first
0: when i first started writing my book i was in total denial that all of my clients were horse people and then you know when i was establishing my coaching business i was like no no I'll, i i want to coach everyone and then mm-hmm. as i started really figuring out who i wanted to serve i now I'm so invested in that niche of that horse industry. And I think sometimes we forget when we try to go outside of our comfort zone there that you're just watering things down and it really being able to to hone in on that that niche industry. And there's mm-hmm. so much going on in the horse world and there's so many opportunities within it. I think it's just fantastic that you're delving into exactly what you wanted to do. But at the same time, you're giving people an opportunity to see that if you love horses, it doesn't mean that you have to be a trainer mm-hmm. in order to make a living involving yeah. them in your life.
1: Right. Exactly. Yeah. Because I know I, I never wanted to be a trainer. I just knew I wanted to have horses in something that I was doing and I knew mm-hmm. I wanted to help the industry as a whole. Cause I know we always have that kind of a negative notion about, you know, the money and horses mm-hmm. and how you just never can make any money with it. So I'd kind of like to change that idea that, you know, there is opportunities and um, it's really creative, right?
0: Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. you know, I, I get a lot of younger clients that come and they're so interested in horses And their whole dream is, oh, I want a job that involves horses. But you did a very good thing where you took your talent, you took the thing that you loved and you were passionate about, and then you just allowed the horses to guide that into a service that you felt really comfortable offering.
1: Yeah, I'm really happy that I just kept going after it and just reaching out to a lot of people. I think that was the biggest thing is um, when I just felt lost, I didn't know what I was going to do. Mm-hmm. I just kept reaching out to some people that I just kind of like even find them on Facebook or mm-hmm. Twitter or such, just like message them. And a lot of times they would just respond. And if they didn't, what's the loss there? Right. Um, at least I was trying and putting a little bit of effort in it. The worst thing they can say is no.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I have I have an interview with a gentleman, Dan Northrup, that I, I put up a few weeks ago. And He his very first opportunity to work with his mentor all happened because he was like, well, I've been reading this guy's articles for so long and using his method, I may as well just give him a call. And he ended up going and working with him for so long. So, so many opportunities can come about when all we do is just take a little chance. And Really, when you think about it, there's so much information at our fingertips right now that you can just access people in every industry at all levels in every industry. And really, it's it's just a simple message with a question that you know you either get a yes or a no. And that's how I got my very first interview for the podcast with Warwick Schiller. Was I sent him a quick message that just said, "Oh, if you really feel like what we're doing right now is aligning." And I'd love to have you on the show. And he was like, "Yeah, sure." And I was in utter shock
1: <laughs> um,
0: because he was going to be my first interview, and that mm-hmm. that just amazed me. And it really just got the ball rolling in order to be able to have the courage to say, you know what, like I, I can reach out to these other people as well. And Mm -hmm. I think that uh, that's really important for, for people to understand that just because you're in this small space, you're just in your house and you're having all these creative ideas that you don't need to just stop there that you it's so accessible to expand right now with the access to technology.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, I completely agree. And I'm a big Brené Brown Mm. Fan. So I know connection is just so important. So I know just, you know, I'm just big on now connecting out to people and Mm -hmm. trying to just have those discussions and conversations and Mm -hmm. such. So that's kind of why I keep doing that. I just know it's important. Everybody wants to really kind of connect with somebody. Mm -hmm. So,
0: yeah, absolutely. I would love to be able to talk a little bit about how you can help businesses gain exposure online. So, what exactly that is that you do. So, if I have any listeners here, who, uh, you know, the majority are horse people. I do have the odd person who will write to me and say, oh, well, I'm not a horse person, but my daughter loves horses or something around those lines. Um, But even if they're (coughs) not involved directly with horses, how you might be able to help them if they're thinking there's a business or if they already have a business that they could just kind of help things roll a little further online and and gain that.
1: Yeah, so um, what I do to help the uh, equine businesses is um a lot of times um, I'm just kind of making up a strategy on how we're gonna reach out to the people that align with work that they're doing, um, and a lot of times. So if I'm working with a trainer, um, they want to reach out to more people because um, maybe they have people that are loyal to the way they're training, but they're in Canada, but the people that want to work with them are in the United States. So we've created membership sites so that they can learn still the same method. Um, and, and this is just great for people that even if you're not training or have your own business and such, this is a great way for you to learn how to work with your horse and different types of methods. Because I know horses just have their own personality. So even though you might be trying a certain training method and it's just not working, but you want to figure out a different way, or you might, maybe you want to learn a different technique like for Liberty or um, just anything different that you've already been doing that's a great way to go find these uh trainers online and kind of just you know learn different tips from them um, and go back and apply it doesn't even have to be working with a horse it could just be um, maybe even being a better rider for your horse or just all around equestrian
0: yeah it's it's amazing really because there are so many and i think a lot of it with me is that because i'm in this industry a lot of the ads that pop up on my facebook are equine business related. Mm -hmm. So I'm automatically seeing a increase in the popularity of online programs, but Mm -hmm. there's so much that people offer now from virtual lessons to um, online programs, where whether it be that you're learning how to do yoga. I saw one yesterday, I think it was that it was yoga for equestrians. So you Mm -hmm. really can learn online anything that you're looking to learn for your horsemanship Mm -hmm. or even just to supplement the horsemanship and and the coaching that you're receiving at home.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like even um, one is, you know, being confident. One of my clients is being confident rider, especially maybe you're just getting back into riding horses. Um, you managed to stopped after college and now you're trying to get back into it or such. And uh, that's another one. And cause I know sometimes, uh, I think after you have a child too, sometimes you're losing some of your confidence when getting up on the back of a horse. So okay. she kind of goes that, through that. It's just, there's so many opportunities, like you said, um, to learn. And I just am trying to help, those trainers or those businesses gain that exposure so that way that they can find the right person for their, their programs, like through those Facebook ads. Cause I know the one that you're talking about too, like that's shown up online a lot too. So, and that's what I'm trying to work on too with my clients is those fun Facebook ads too. Yeah. <laughs> awesome.
0: And one that we had kind of talked about a little bit is called the unbridled retreats. Can you Mm -hmm. speak about that a little bit? Because I know that retreats are becoming more popular. Can you talk about the unbridled retreats and just who the ideal customer for that is and really how you've gained or helped
1: them gain popularity online? Yeah, so um, the unbridled retreats are done by Devin Combs and uh, she has retreats she used to have them only like a few times a year and she'd have two or three different ranches. And what she does is she helps um, women help kind of reconnect to themselves. Uh, And they, a lot of times when they come to the retreat, they feel really depleted. Um, Like they've just kind of lost who they really are. Uh, Sometimes after motherhood, sometimes just maybe they've gone through a divorce, something, uh, you know, you just, just feel disconnected. So a lot of times they come to the retreat um, and they use the healing power of horses to kind of reconnect to themselves because the horse will just kind of tell the truth about what's going on. Can't really lie around the horse. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so she used, uses that power a lot um, working with the clients. And usually they're at really awesome facilities um, all throughout the United States. Um, there's a couple that she does in Arizona. Um, she does one in Montana. And then uh, this year is her first time doing one um, international. And it's gonna be in the Dominican Republic, and it's a really awesome place. and um, now she's almost having one a month. Uh, she's kind of grown with that. So what we've done a lot, like um, for her strategy um, is we share a lot of experiences when they've been at retreats.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: and then a lot of it is doing a lot of um, video because a lot of it's hard to for some people that have not worked with horses to understand what's gonna happen at the retreat. Mm-hmm. So we try to do a lot of exposure on that and we've the way we've kind of attacked it with hers too is doing like uh facebook ads and mm-hmm. kind of just trying to connect to the p- person that would really fit in that ideal way of going to the retreats so and usually it's really intimate there's only 10 people so oh wow yeah so, so do way- you think
0: do you think that the ideal customer for the i the unbridled retreats would be someone who has horse experience that also wants the empowerment of the experience or someone who has never had that horse experience who then finds that experience and gets transformed by it
1: so it's usually um a- people that are not experienced horses but there are some people yeah. that are experienced with horses yeah usually we put a no a horse experience necessary she does have one retreat where she does uh, require a little bit more experience with riding and that's the one in montana but okay the, all the other ones we always usually put no horse experience necessary oh
0: wow cool
1: yeah so then they kind of learn how to like they learn a lot about gratitude and how to be grounded mm-hmm. um, so it's definitely transformational for sure
0: Awesome. That's fantastic. Is there anything else that our listeners would benefit from hearing if they have, you know, in the back of their mind, they're thinking, gosh, like I have this idea and I really feel like it's something that I can bring about. It's something that I can Monetize. It's something that I think people could learn from, or that I would love to serve them with. What's your advice to them in order to either be able to start building that business online, or whether it be just establishing it altogether? what What's your advice there?
1: Yeah, so we've kind of attacked this too on our podcast because um, one of our topics is uh, messy action. So we like mm. to say, just get started. Like it doesn't have to be perfect. To- because perfect isn't done. Uh, a lot of times, when you're always trying to have the perfect setup, everything, nothing ever gets published. You never mm-hmm. start. So we like to say, just get started. Just you know, if you want to create a Facebook page or such, you know, you don't have to have all the platforms going on at once. Like you know, you don't have to have Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. Just like to have one or two, where maybe you're blogging and or videoing, and then maybe you're on. Instagram or Facebook, you don't have to be on all of them, just one or the other,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and just kind of get started, and it's kind of intimidating at first, mm-hmm. um, maybe you want to do video, but you're like, uh, I'm kind of nervous behind the uh, camera, but a lot of times, the people aren't really caring, like, what you're looking like, what you're, mm-hmm. um, you know, you're nervous about what you're looking like, how you're talking, and a lot of times, the people aren't really even concerned about that, they just want to uh, listen to what you're trying to say, what you're trying to teach them. Right. Um, so it's yeah. a lot of the doubts you have are, you know, those are just going to eat you up and those are not, they're not even the big concerns that people that are not even concerned about that.
0: Absolutely. I love the messy action and it is, it just describes the process so perfectly because, you know, if you get stuck in your head about, well, I have to do this and I have to do this and you want that perfect picture. There's a difference between, wanting something to be done well and professional looking before it gets published. But in the same sense, if you're searching for that perfection, you literally will never get there. There is no such thing as perfection. So I've had a couple people who I've had conversations with who have said to me since publishing, they said, oh gosh, like I I have a book that I want to write, but I'm not there yet. Or I've been writing a book, but it's not finished yet. And you know, I, I really do think that if there's something creative there, that's very important for you to be able to almost cut it in half. <laughs> Where, like, I could have continued to write for probably another two years after I decided to submit my manuscript. Like, I, I could have kept convincing myself it wasn't good enough. Mm -hmm. But then it never would have come about. And, you know, I think the very first time that I recorded a podcast episode, it took me, I think it was, it was either six or eight. It was very long, (laughs) six or eight hours to record my first 20 minutes. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: that was with no editing at all. Mm -hmm. So I knew that I had to improve from that point but i didn't have to improve to the point where you know somebody would hop on and think that i had been doing this my whole life and i think that's very important for people to realize that you're just never you have to work through that messy action and it mm-hmm. is the actionable steps that get you to point a and then point b and it doesn't ever really feel like it's not messy
1: right oh yeah for sure the way we started our podcast is uh, I had started kind of doing segments on a different podcast just doing little tips here and there and I had had my co-host on as a uh, guest and then I started talking to her I was like do you want to just do a podcast with uh, you know each other and, um, and we're like okay we'll start we want to start uh, like July 5th we're on our first one published and it was the end of June you're like okay I guess we're gonna to have to record this Friday <laughs> and we didn't know like exactly how everything was going to work out we kind of had a platform where we wanted to start but yeah. It all kind of just came about, and like just this uh, past Christmas break is when I did our website <laughs> for yeah. the podcast. So it just one step at a time, usually. And the biggest thing is just kind of once you have started, you want to just stay consistent with it. Yeah,
0: absolutely. It was so funny when I was just at the beginning when I first started talking to Warwick, he actually asked me the question So, how many of these things have you done? And <laughs> I, uh, I remember when I first became a teacher, I think I said I was my fifth year of teaching for the first, you know, five years of teaching to any student or any parent that ever asked like, how long you been teaching? I've definitely been in it for five years. Not at all. Like <laughs> my very first day, because mm-hmm. it, you know, you want to make sure that people understand that even though you don't have the experience, you've put enough time and effort and mm-hmm. passion into it that you're still worth trusting. Right. Right. Uh So anyway, this was the very first time that I was like, you're my first one. So, (laughs) so he was like, oh, okay then. So, you know, I, I know when I listen to the podcast episode that I sound nervous and I know that friends that are very close to me, um, would listen to it and they'd be like, oh, you did. Okay. I could tell you were nervous here, wherever. Um, but at the same time, there was zero chance that I was not going to be doing that interview. It had, you know, the fact that Mm -hmm. he was going to be my first interview was a little bit intimidating, but it's, it's one of those things where it really, it really doesn't matter how messy it is there because you, you just need to keep on keeping on (laughs) just keep the ball rolling. Right.
1: Being authentic, like you were saying, like you just being real and saying, hey, it's my first (laughs) one. Yeah. Because everyone is, we all just want to be connected with each other. And we know that, you know, being real and such and just being authentic, you know, we all have to go through the process. We're all beginners at some point.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I think right at the same time that I started this podcast i was listening to uh, the marie forleo's everything is figure outable mm-hmm. so you know i offer that to people on a regular basis and say like you know if you're in the process of feeling stuck in any sort of way whether it be that you have something creative brewing or you it really doesn't matter what it is you want to leave your relationship whatever it might be everything is figure outable And when you listen to that book, she's, have you, have you listened to Marie at all? Oh yeah.
1: Oh yeah. Oh, I actually she's so listened good. to that book recently and I love that book. And it's too funny because everything that I know online and all this stuff that I do is most of it I've taught myself um, just with mm. tons and tons of, you know, videos over years and just learning because everything I've learned in college really has nothing related to this. It was all mm-hmm. business that I did in college. And when I got my grad, it was all business related. So nothing really computer techie. Mm-hmm. That was just my passion and uh, wanting to learn about it more.
0: Awesome. Well, I think that that is just fantastic information for our audience today. I think that it'll get some people thinking about if they have something, just you just know, simmering on the side of their thoughts and saying, oh, I wish I could do that. Um, that it'll inspire them to reach out. If anyone that's listening has their own business and are really thinking about the possibilities of taking it online and just a little intimidated by the technology side of things, I really encourage you to reach out to April either through, where's the best way to get you? Is it through Instagram or what do you think?
1: Yeah, Instagram, um, my website, makeitrain.com, and it's just the R-E-I-N, yeah. Um, like yours, and uh, that's probably best way. And I have all of that my information on my website or on Instagram. Either way,
0: great. And really, I hope that one of the biggest takeaways that the audience has today is that you know, if you have a passion in one thing, uh, especially the horses, that you don't have to decide that you're going to be in the barn twelve hours a day and become a trainer in order to have horses become your business you can create a business around your passion as well as around your zone of genius and I think that is what makes me so excited for what you have created and what you're promoting um so you know congratulations
1: oh thank you thank you I'm really I'm happy that I've gone through the process for sure
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks again for being with me today. And uh, I hope to talk to you again soon. All right. Awesome. Thank you. Well, that's it for today. Thank you for choosing to spend your time with me. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please leave a review and share it with your friends. To learn more about me and what else I have on the go, skip on over to NikkiPorter.ca. Thanks again for listening, and we'll connect again next week. Until then, remember, you have the power to take the reins and live the life you've always wanted. You just have to step into the arena with an open heart and an open mind.